Hey, are you kidding me? Good morning this morning. This is Don't At Me, and I am your host, Daniel J. Dockage. What a night last night, and really, let's be honest, what a morning this morning. I mean, come on, peoples. Come on, people. You know what you saw last night was absolute gold, and we're going to get into it. And also, ladies and gentlemen, I understand if you went to Michigan State, get the sad out, baby. You couldn't get into Michigan. You ended up going to Michigan State. You privately root for the main school on, uh, in the state. And you got to get the sad out on someone. Bring it. I told you five years ago what Miles Turner or Miles Bridges was. Good player. Nice kid. Really like him. Have no problem with Miles uh, Bridges. My problem is with you, you dumbass Sparty fans. You're literally the dumbest, worst people alive. It's well documented. We, it's well done. I mean, look, we've all seen Sparty fans and what the Sparty uh, Michigan State University outside of Izzo uh, is all about. I mean, there's headlines all over the place because of just stupidity left and right, hate left and right. And we'll show some of it today. Uh, people wanting me dead. Uh, we hate Doc. Hate. 12,000 people chanting hate, not an apology to me, to anybody. I mean, let's be honest. The stupidity of Sparty World is on. And as sports fans, you all got to see it last night. Miles Bridges taking a swipe at some guy. Good for Miles. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest game of your career. You had eight points, but I'll get into it. The biggest news of the day, ladies and gentlemen, the news of the day is Elon Musk, baby, Elon Musk wants to buy, not wants to, is made an offer, let's put it this way, to buy Twitter, $54.20 a share, which is basically a 50% increase over premium. So if you've got Twitter shares, I think you're kind of happy with it, and you should be kind of happy with it, right? I mean, there's nothing not to be happy about. Are you kidding me? You should be ecstatic that you've got Twitter shares and Elon Musk is going to buy it. Then he wants to take it private. And in taking it private, he's going to allow for free speech. Right now, as you all know, uh, that ain't the modus operandi of Twitter. If you offend the little libbies, they shut you down. It'll be interesting to see. Do the little libbies who are all about doing right and being inclusive, do they really care that much about money that they sell out and sell to Elon Musk? Of course they will. Of course they will. You know they will. I know they will. Uh, some of the biggest frauds that aren't involved in Michigan State University are your little Libby buddies. You know it, I know it, we all know it. So anyway, Elon Musk with a purchase, he wants to take it private, which means that none of nobody can mess with it. It's a very good day for democracy in the United States. It really is. Because right now you have a system in play that shuts you down if they don't like what you say. And it's the same thing with YouTube. It's no different with YouTube. I mean, they shut people down uh, for saying what they don't like, for some of the simplest things. So I think it's absolutely freaking awesome. Stay tuned. He has made an offer. That does not mean, ladies and gentlemen, that does not mean that that offer has been accepted. And maybe it will be by the time we're off of, uh, off of the air. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm watching Miles Bridges. It's so funny. Uh, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Clayton Kershaw, how soft are you, Clayton? How soft are you? We've lost, sports fans. We have lost. It is over. 
we have lost. I'm going to tell you the reasons we have lost. We have lost because you go to a game, a game that's struggling. You got the best, I guess, name pitcher, really. I mean, is he the biggest name as a pitcher? I don't know. Scherzer, I don't know. DeGrom, I don't know. But you got among the biggest names, and he is among them. He's pitched 80 pitches. Now, remember, this is his job, to be a pitcher in the big leagues. He's thrown 80 pitches. All right? $17 million this guy is being paid. He threw 80 pitches. A perfect game. Do you know how many perfect games there have been in Major League Baseball? 23. You know how long Major League Baseball has been around? Let's put it this way. No one was even close to being old enough to see opening day of the first game. Hundreds. And there's been 23. And this soft-ass Kershaw, who everyone knows is soft, Hell, I remember going to the championship game of the NL when the Cubs went to the World Series. They were playing the Dodgers. Kershaw was on the mound. I ran into my friend who's been on the show, Danny Plezak. He was, he was walking up from doing a hit on the field. We stopped, we chat. I said, can the Cubs win tonight? He goes, yeah, Kershaw got nothing. Now, he didn't say Kershaw was not tough enough, but clearly he wasn't tough enough. Baseball, I want to like you. I un- And don't hit me, you little 20-year-olds, with all your little statistics. Don't hit me with all, well, you know, it's a long season, and he's got to play. Shut up. You got a chance to do something. 24 million. We looked it up yesterday. Dude's made over $200 million. Let's say he blows his arm out with the 82nd pitch. What have you been doing all offseason? Baseball, you had a chance yesterday, and you blew it once again. We all understand. It's a long season. We all understand. You know, got to do it. Oh, okay, great. We also understand that you are soft as my backside, Clayton Kershaw. How do you let yourself come out? How do you even allow Dave Roberts? You can't throw 84 pitches the next inning? You can't throw four more. I left-handed. Try to get them out. We are in bad shape. Let's think about it. Baseball players can't throw 80 pitches. The best of the best. Think about that. Basketball players don't want to play. Basketball players want to be paid hundreds of millions. They don't want to play. A guy named Miles Bridges who can't play at all. I don't care what his numbers say. Can't play. Good enough to get you fired. Was horrible yesterday, and I'll talk about it here in a minute. Is going to get $173 million. We've lost. It's over. It's done. The only sport anybody should watch is football. And by the way, the USFL will be on Fox this weekend. That's what I'm watching. Basketball players, they don't even want to show up. Hey, I don't want to play. And you got the most woke guys coaching. Oh, well, we should, since they don't want to play, we should lower it to 72 games. Guess what's going to happen, dummies? Players still going to sit out? The most woke commissioner is now saying, well, we got a problem. Players don't want to play. You think, dummy? I said this at the time. When you let players dictate you got a problem, Clayton Kershaw 
my backside. Get out there. Try for a perfect game. I know you're so soft you'd have to miss like six starts. So what? The season is long, and you got a perfect game under your belt. On it, we've lost. We've lost. We, if you took gambling out of sport, if you said there is no gambling in sports, I would say to you, there's no reason to watch. No reason to watch. A friend of mine said something pretty funny going back to Elon Musk. He said, hey, why is he buying a thing? All you got to do is turn it on, download the app, and you can be on it. I thought it was pretty funny. So God bless Elon Musk, ladies and gentlemen. God bless America. America may be starting to come back. People ripped this one coach because another coach called him an mf and he said it was racist. People didn't, that was a perfect ESPN story, and it was on this morning, right? And they, and they did it in such solemn tones. Oh, I just laughed. Hey, man, if every African-American that called me an mf was racist, man, there's a lot of racism out there. I got called an mf for playing basketball growing up in Gary, Indiana, like it was my job. Usually it was you white mother. And ESPN got solemn. Well, here's a report. They hugged it out, these two. <laughs> Jeez. We've lost. We've lost. It's over. <laughs> Thank God for gambling. Thank God for sports books. Thank God for Vegas. Thank God for golf, where you can go out and gamble on yourself. Because watching Clayton frickin' Kershaw, 80 pitches, 13 strikeouts. He's in the seventh inning. And that soft, blank, little fella couldn't go out there. It's a long season. And I know all you little analytics guys are going, well, it's the right decision. Yeah, okay. Here, pull this. It plays jingle bells. Uh, Speaking of lost, speaking of lost, did you see I invite Baker Mayfield anytime his sorry backside wants to come on this show or any other show and boo me, let's go. Baker Mayfield was disrespected. He got disrespected. You disrespected me. You told me one thing and did the other. Hey, dude, shut up. You weren't good enough. They went out and got a quarterback even though he had. Baker, this is how bad you are. They went, the Cleveland Browns went and got a quarterback with 22 civil cases hanging over his head. Now, I get it. Not one woman in Cleveland is complaining. I get it. Somehow, some way, Deshaun Watson has escaped uh, any kind of scrutiny from Me Too or any other women's group. Somehow, I don't understand it, but he has. But, Baker, that's how bad you are. Deshaun Watson actually led his team to a 4-12 and record and was so bad that he fumbled on the one-yard line. People think he's great. Baker, you're so bad. They got a guy who couldn't win at all. Uh, even with some great players around him. I know everybody's going to tell me, he's a top five quarterback. Yeah, I've watched him for years. He ain't a top five quarterback unless top five state. But Baker, they went out in Cleveland and got a guy with 22 civil cases hanging over his head, a dude who has to answer for 18 more why he had sex, a predator. They got him over you, and you feel disrespected. Well, guess what? You should. Maybe instead of standing sitting on a couch whining, maybe you ought to get on the field and practice. 
I mean, this is just going to be the coach of me. Maybe uh, instead of doing every commercial on the face of the earth, maybe you ought to get on the field and practice. Just saying. That's what Cleveland did. If they told you one thing and did the other, grow the hell up. It's life. It happens. I know we're not supposed to. I know we're supposed to cater because he's the little scrappy quarterback in Cleveland, and he does cool commercials. I know that's how you all feel. He was on my fantasy team. He was really bad or good. I don't know. (laughs) Tell you right now, please come to my work and start booing. We'll kick your backside, throw you off the sixth floor, and you'll be gone. (laughs) We can't open the windows on the sixth floor. They're like quadruple pain. It's really weird. I wish I could go and, and, and boo people at their cubicle. Yeah, because that's all anybody does is live in a cubicle. You entitled. We've lost. I'm telling you right now, it's over. It is over. Derek Carr is going to get 121 million. You want another sign that it's over? Derek Carr. 121 million dollars. DC, the guy with eyeliner or whatever the hell. I don't know. He's got the Darth Vader eyes. I like him. I thought he was really good. I would have loved to have him in India. I think he's better than what people are making out. But that dude making $121 million. I'll say this about Derek Carr. I have a feeling that Derek Carr would not be taken out in the seventh inning after throwing 80 pitches of a perfect game. I have a feeling, actually, Baker Mayfield would. It takes a special kind of little soft, you know what, to come out on 80 pitches. It's a special kind of softness. I don't think Derek Carr would. I saw Derek Carr dominate the, you know, dominate the entire Colts organization. Now, you all think the Colts are really good. And when you turn on NFL, good morning football, Colts have a roster built. Shut up. Colts stink. Haven't been to the playoffs two, I guess they were two years ago. Lost in the fr- Haven't won a playoff game since I was 10. I'm on one today. I like me right now. Anyway, uh, Derek Carr would not come out, so give him $121 million. I got no problem with it. Give him $121 million. Tell us you're going to win something, anything. Work with Josh McDaniels. Save Josh McDaniels' career. I was just in Vegas. I got to tell you, for a transient city, Vegas is rocking and rolling to the Raiders. Man, that Elysian Stadium is right there on the highway. You look over here, Raiders gear everywhere. People love the Raiders. I don't even know if they love the Raiders. I don't, I, maybe it's just that Vegas is so good at promoting that they're promoting the living you-know-what out of the Raiders. It's really good to watch. It's great to see. And you got Derek Carr. He got, you know, he grew his hair out a little bit. He got the eyeliner. I don't know. He looks like the Undertaker. Perfect guy for that city. And I got a feeling, unlike Clayton Kershaw, that Derek Carr comes up big. I feel like, I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback. I'm not saying he's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the dude seems to come up big. Look at Kershaw. He's on my TV right there. Oh, I can't pitch anymore. I threw 80 pitches. Oh. Dave Roberts, well, you know, we're taking him out. Shut. I, that, I cannot tell. I, I hope you can tell my ag- aggravation. Uh, Miles Bridges, I'm not that aggravated. I sent about a million tweets out last night. I ain't that aggravated because I know Spartan fans are the dumbest in the world and the most vile people that go to a college and are at alumni on the face of just vile, horrible people. I like making fun of them. But Kershaw just soft. Look at him. 
You know, do you know that video of Matt Stafford watching the woman fall and doesn't do anything about it? You know, he and Kershaw obviously, you know, went to school together, and both are so freaking soft. Both are such entitled. Look at Kershaw. Well, I don't know. How about you go throw a perfect game? Look at this. Dave Roberts is the only guy that pulled guys. So when Kershaw's done pitching, that's what I'll remember him for. Doesn't mean it, ma- doesn't mean it matters. He's going to have $200 million. Soft as my backside. I don't think Derek Carr is. I'll tell you who else is. Hey, can we play it? Can we play the, uh, this is Sparty fans to me, about 12,000 of them. You got it? Let's do it. We hate Dockage. That's how god-awful these people are. Now, the easiest thing in the world to do is to chant this at a white dude. You don't have any repercussions, right? I stood up and waved. Imagine if they did that to a female or an African-American sitting at that broadcast chair. I was broadcasting the game. And 12,000 or whatever of it, because I had told one kid, what, you couldn't get into Michigan? Because of that, 12,000 chanted that at me. And had you seen the looks in their faces? If you'd have seen the looks in their faces... There was hate, and I'm sitting there going, man, these are the worst people ever. Not an apology from the president of Michigan State. Not an apology from the athletic director. Hell, Izzo, who is a friend, went after me in a press conference. Can you imagine? The media went after me. 12,000 people chanting the word hate. Hate. A couple of my friends, African-American friends at ESPN, started laughing. They go, dude. If that was Jay Will, they would, there, would be, there would be a problem. If that was Doris Burke, but a white dude, hey, you say whatever you want, right, Sparty? But, Sparty, you've proven, you've proven over time how awful you are, and I commend you. Last night, you did it again. Look, I said about five years ago, the dumbest of the dumb is a guy named Jeff Goodman. Jeff Goodman is a little reporter. I don't even know who he works for. But he worked with me at ESPN for a game, and he was so bad that I had to make fun of him on air. Okay? So Goodman's always been mad. He's got a lot of Twitter followers, and he's always mad, and I just had to block him because I – who cares? All right? So so Goodman put out a few years ago how great Miles Turner was, and everybody in the Big Ten at the time knew he had no game. Like he could dunk and he could jump shoot, but he couldn't rebound. So I just put out, yeah, no game. Of course, that made Goodman crazy, and then everybody at Michigan State lost their mind. And so for the last, I don't know, five years, you see the reaction here. We'll get to that in a second. So for the last five years, Goodman and others, every time Miles Turner scores a basket, oh, I thought he had no game. I haven't said a word. I didn't say a word all year. I haven't paid attention to Miles Turner. But yesterday, it caught my eye. Yesterday, or Miles Bridges, yesterday uh, there was a thing where Miles Bridges was going to be given a max contract of $173 million. So what happens? I check my Twitter. Every little god-awful human being that couldn't get into Michigan, ended up at Michigan State, is bitter about their life, started crushing me. 
right? Absolutely crushing me. Oh, I thought he had no game. You know, I, I heard it all day. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to sit here and watch this. In fact, I put a tweet out, said, oh, man, I'm trying to just make some levity. Oh, man, Miles Turner, I'm betting him over 23. He's got big game. Hey, between you and me, there wasn't a chance in hell I was waiting on that clown to get over 23. It's a big game. Miles Bridges don't show up on big games, even though he's a nice kid, very nice kid. So anyway, Bridges does what Bridges does. He did it last year against the Pacers in a big game. Bridges completely uh, uh, disappears. I think he had eight points, maybe three rebounds. uh, And I get going. I hadn't paid attention at all. I would, the only thing I paid attention to was every time Bridges dunked on TV. Well, the little Sparties. I thought he had no game. Oh, he could dunk. He hit a jump shot. Thought he had no game. I think he hit a jump shot. Is awesome. And he's got numbers. Everybody, like the dude is the best athlete in the world. I'm going to say that. And he's a nice kid. He's a really, really nice kid. And he works hard. And my stepson says he's a hell of a rapper. All accounts, great dude. And I ain't mad at him. I've had enough of these. I couldn't get into Michigan, so I'm mad about my life, Sparty fans. Because that's what it is. I mean, where do you go? Everybody tries to get in Michigan. You can't get in. You go to Sparty World. Or you go to Oakland. Or you go to, uh, I don't know, Ferris State. It's all the same. But anyway, so now here they come, right? Here they come. I don't know. I just said, hey. They're at halftime. They're losing. He's got six. He'll have a big second half. He'll have a big second half. Because that's it's like Roy McElroy, right? Down 10, four, uh, fourth uh, round number four. He'll shoot a 64 to get in contention. It's the same thing. He never had a big second half. And then as we go through this, he gets thrown out. It's a terrible call to throw him out, but might as well. I mean, he's not doing anything. He don't act like he want to be there. He can't play dead in this game, and then he does it. Are we showing this right now? It's on the screen. He takes his mouthpiece, fires it at some dude because Sparty fans can't handle any criticism. Sparty players, the only criticism they can handle is from Izzo, and that's a good thing. But he fires his mouthpiece, hits a girl. You're seeing it on the screen. But then, instead of being a dude, he says, hey, can anybody find that girl? I want to apologize. Why don't you get off your backside, go out there, find the young lady, and apologize? Why does somebody have to find her? Why does that have to be public? Bad night. Funny night for me. Hell, I lost money. Uh, I bet on, uh, what did I bet on? I forget. But that's worth it. And, of course, Sparty fans, can we play? Sparty fans doing One guy wants me dead. Can we play the, uh, the tweet from the one guy? <laughs> Duncan, you're trying to get relevant. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Hey, let's, can we, ah, there it is. Die mad. Die mad. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, 
Is Dawkins trying to be relevant? Yes, I'm trying to be relevant. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do, Sparty fan. Yes. Uh, Sparty, Dockage, you are the worst person alive. Yes, I'm the worst person alive. Of course I am. Of course I am the worst person alive. I accept it. I am the worst person alive because five years I said Miles Bridges had no game, and every year, whenever he does make the playoffs, he proves, well, you're the worst broadcaster ever. That's from Bob. All right. I'm the worst broadcaster ever. Now, what are you going to do? Didn't know you were trying to still be relevant. Uh, Renaissance men, better than you ever were in basketball. Oh, you're right. (coughs) Yeah, Rod, go fight with. (laughs) Ah, Man, sometimes the, uh, look, if I tell you something about basketball, like my friend, the bear, I got the bear on next week. My friend, the bear from ESPN, he always says, how do you know? Like, how do you know Christmas Porzingis is going to get you fired if you draft him? How do you know that Paul George was a fraud? How do you know all this? I go, well, when you coached for as long as I coached, you just kind of know. Last thing, my man Greg Popovich, we're from the same neighborhood. True story. Played at the same Little League. Now Popovich doesn't ever come back to his hometown, which I don't respect. Popovich has $1,000 bottles of wine. Great. Great. Uh, Popovich lost last night. Does Popovich ever win without the best players in the league? This is why you got to be careful putting coaches in the Hall of Fame or Halls of Fame. I mean, what's this dude done (laughs) since no Tim Duncan or David Robinson or Manu Ginobili or Tony Parker? Where where has he been? My bottles of wine. Okay. Go get them, champ. But anyway, old Pop got it beat last night. Pelicans got him. Respect to the Pelicans. Much respect. Because did you see this? Zion Williamson was dunking last night. Great. He went by a little kid, 360 dunk. Yay. (laughs) Telling you we've lost. Zion Williamson is still being celebrated for being fat and breaking his feet. Nobody on SportsCenter goes, so you know he's fat, and that's what happens when you try to play basketball at his bone structure. You're fat, you break your feet. (laughs) It ain't that hard. Charles Barkley on our show told a great story of Moses Malone telling him, son, you're fat. Now, if you told Zion Williamson he was fat, he'd probably go crying into the night. SportsCenter would do a 30 for 30 on the racial undertones of telling Zion Williamson he's fat. Fat, you break your feet. That's basketball. Like basketball, you got to have your feet. Boom, 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 boom. And if you don't have your feet, you got nothing. It's like the Army, feet first. So Zion Williamson, overweight, your feet can only handle so much. Next thing you know, you don't play for a year and you're still a hero. Not to me. But we've lost, sports fans. We have lost. 
173 million to Miles Bridges. We we parade a guy, Zion Williamson. His team hasn't lost. I'm telling you something, Willie Green's done a great job. They went and got CJ McCollum, who dropped, I believe, 32 last night. They made a really smart draft choice in Jose Alvarado, which again I said because I did two of his games and I thought he was terrific. Off the bench, Alvarado goes and gets himself 12. Alvarado last year led Georgia Tech to the ACC championship. I'm all in on that New Orleans team. Keep Zion's – I'm not swearing anymore. Keep him out. Uh, last thing. Man, this has been a good segment. La- it's going to get better, too. That last thing. Do you see this woman? There's a professional baby namer. People in New York City have so much money, apparently, and are so stupid that they are going to. They are absolutely going to pay. Listen to this. Listen to this. They're going to pay up to $10,000 to have some crazy person, some crazy person, all right? Name your baby. Name your baby. How about that? Hey, can you name my baby? I'm so stupid, and I got so much money that I want you to name our baby. Oh, okay. Really? Oh, what are you going to name her? I don't know. I'm not sure. But somebody needs to name my baby for me because I can't look at that baby and say, well, you know, the name is Dan. Oh, okay. Really? All right. Well, if you say it's Dan, it's Dan. Think about that. Think about you got seven to $10,000 to pay this fool. Look at this fool. To name your baby. The world is nuts, and I love it. We've lost, sports fans. We've lost. $173 million for Clayton Kurt, or for, excuse me, for Miles Bridges. <laughs> $173 million. Uh, Clayton Kershaw can't go another pitch. I'm tired. I got a perfect game. Jason Hammer and I will solve all the world's problems when we come back. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. We got two great Americans. (laughs) Jason Hammer. (laughs) Right here. I just went on an epic 30-minute rant, and I've had enough of sports. Uh, We got a lot going on in your world. Jason Allen Hammer is one of the great broadcasters in this country. The number one rated show in Indianapolis. Uh, you can hear him at 93.1 from 3 to 7. I guarantee two things. Number one, you're going to be informed. Number two, you're going to be entertained. This I promise you. Hey, um, did the police drop the ball on this New York shooter? He had been very public about his disdain for a lot of different stuff, brother. You know, I don't necessarily believe that it was the police that dropped the ball, but I think you can make a case for the FBI. We're finding out now that, once again, this was a lunatic that had been on an FBI list. Now, how many times do we have to hear this story? We had the same story about the guy that shot the school up down in Parkland, Florida. We're hearing it again now. Perhaps if the FBI, at a national level, I'm not talking about the local agents, because the local agents in everybody's city, they're working their ass off. They're trying to stop human traffickers. They do a great job. But the leadership at a national level, maybe if they spent just a little less time trying to plant people to 
kidnap Gretchen Whitmer and focus on some of these damn lunatics, maybe, just maybe, some of these situations would be avoided. And coach, I can't believe that if you watch the videos that this New York shooter had on social media, it's unbelievable how this guy was allowed to keep a social media account. I get he wasn't a celebrity. I get that he wasn't somebody famous. But of all those videos, and we're not talking about one or two, we're talking about a long list of just hateful, rhetoric, racist videos. Not one person saw this and thought, you know what, maybe this lunatic needs to lose his account. But heaven forbid you disagree with Dr. Fauci, you're taken off of social media. I remember when Ron DeSantis, the governor of the state of Florida, did a town hall at the beginning of the pandemic. He had multiple doctors. You had some pro-vaccine doctors on one side. You had some doctors that had questions about the vaccine on the other. It was a town hall of questions and information that was removed from YouTube. Donald Trump's speeches, speeches are removed from YouTube. But this crazy bastard is allowed to have all these videos where he's screaming at white people. He's screaming at Asians. He's saying the most foul things imaginable. See, this is why people are rooting for guys like Elon Musk. This is why people are hoping that something positive comes out of what Elon Musk wants to do with Twitter, because maybe that's the first step into getting actual regulation and free speech and getting rid of some of these lunatics off of social media. I, right now, it's just one-sided. It's so one-sided, and that's what's disgusting. The town hall with DeSantis, not allowed to be on social media. This bat crap crazy bastard and all his videos, just fine, apparently. Why, why is that? What do you make of that? Why, why is that? I got to put my mic on. I forgot. Why, 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 why is this guy allowed to when some of the simplest things do get the boot from social media? Because he's not a white supremacist. This guy is a supremacist. He's a black supremacist. And look. I'm not carrying the water for anybody here at all. If you are a supremacist, you are a rotten piece of human waste. You're garbage. But the media only cares when it's a white supremacist. When it's Kyle Rittenhouse, it's wall-to-wall -wall coverage. It's DEFCON 1. White supremacy is the biggest problem in America. But yet when it's the crash in the parade of Waukesha, that story goes away quickly. When it's the shooting that takes place in the... Uh, governor's, I'm sorry, mayor's office in Kentucky. That story goes away quickly. And this story here, these three examples are black supremacists. You look at their social media, look at what they're motivated by. They're black supremacists. But the media won't say that because they'll upset the black community. They'll upset Black Lives Matter. Had it been a white person, it's DEFCON 1. And again, there needs to be a universal rule. And I can't believe we have to say this out loud because it feels like common sense. If you are a racist piece of crap, if you are a supremacist in any way, you will be called out for it. But I don't want to hear Joe Biden tell me anymore that white supremacy is the biggest problem in America. When you look at incident after incident, I can tell you it's white, it's black, it's everybody. Racism is a problem. Yes. But don't tell me that it's just about one race because that's not true at all. No, it's not. And I don't know why everybody's so mad about blanking off a particular group. I mean, look, if you don't have common sense, I mean, you got to stand up. I mean, if, if you are a white supremacist, you got to stand up against it. If you're a black supremacist, you got to stand up against it. I don't know why. 
I know why this is so difficult because so it, it all goes back to one thing. Oh, so many white media members are so afraid of being called an ist. Let me go to something. I'm going to get back to Elon Musk. But Anderson, Indiana, the, the president is literally segregating black and white. And you don't hear a word from our beloved Indy star because it goes against their narrative. What's going on here at Anderson University? So this small kind of religious university in Indiana, Anderson University. It's about 45 minutes from Muncie, close to Ball State, about 40 minutes north of Indianapolis. They had this very special fact-finding committee. And members of the university, their racial task force, went out on campus and they interviewed all the students. They talked about what the racial climate was like on campus and how does this make you feel and what about that? They finally got all of their information and they're ready to give it to the students. And the way that they did it was they set up multiple sessions. And I'm gonna use their words, not mine. This is from Anderson University and their president. The white students can attend to get the information on these dates. The colored students can come and get information they said on that? this date. Yes, they use the word colored. So. Take that for what it is. You've got clear examples of segregation here. White kids, you're allowed to get this racial information on these dates. This is only for the white people. And in the letter explained from the president, the super woke president that used to be buddies with Obama, he explains that, you know, we need this to happen because white people, you need to work this out yourselves. Uh, there's a lot of problems with, you know, your white privilege. And this is something you need to deal with. Our colored students, they need to deal with other issues. So we're going to do this separately. Coach, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to understand that's a clear example of segregation. And just yesterday, they received a letter from Washington, D.C. saying they violated the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So they went so woke. They tried to go so over the top woke at Anderson University that the president and Obama crony uh, now got a letter from the Biden administration and his buddies in Washington saying, yeah, that's a clear example of segregation and you're violating civil rights. You can't make it up. Really? <laughs> Why has it? I, have you, have, as, as my favorite newspaper said anything about it? No, that? I've not seen one story from the rag that is the indie star and honestly you don't see a lot from the television stations our program uh hammer and nigel on wibc and indy we're one of the only ones talking about this and here's the frustrating thing if you're a student that goes to anderson we've heard from tons of students that they disagreed with all of this it was overwhelming that the student body in anderson disagreed with this but none of them wanted to go on record and talk to me because they felt like they would be singled out by this president at Anderson and his administration. How long has the president been there? That I don't know. I don't know. He was put into some transportation yeah. role uh, by Obama back during his presidency, uh, but I can't remember how long he's been at Anderson. But again, I'm not upset at the that, students. So the students were overwhelmingly against no. this whole thing. This is something that the administration did to feel like they were helping. And now they're getting letters from Washington saying they violated the Civil Rights Act of 64. 
See, one thing that people don't, I mean, you, yeah, most people understand is that our newspapers, they are so afraid, so afraid of being called an ist. Right. I mean, any reasonable person would, would say, hey, look, man, this is just so ridiculous. I can't help you, including the man, bourbon. And here's the thing. Including like, the use of the you, word. These woke, super woke white guys that want to look like they're the best friend to the black community. The black community doesn't care about you. You're their useful idiot. You're their useful pawn. Like, it shouldn't be, I'm going to be friends with the black community or I'm going to be friends with the white community. It can go both ways. How about you not just be a scumbag? It's really not that hard. I think sometimes right. we overcomplicate things, right. don't you? <laughs> you think? Hey, honest to God. That's one of the great things of growing up where I grew up, man. Everybody was people. Some were good, some were bad. Everybody was people in Gary Indiana. You didn't like some, you didn't, whatever. Hey, hey, tell me, tell me uh, this. Let real me go quick, back to something. Quick. Let me back up a little bit, because I grew up playing basketball on the south side, right? Indianapolis at the Beach Grove area. For those who don't know, suburb of Indianapolis, kind of a hodgepodge. You get a little bit of everything. I've noticed that people who grew up playing ball, whether it's football, whether it's baseball, whether it's basketball, maybe you're a girl who played volleyball or soccer or whatever. Folks that were involved in athletics usually are the ones, not all the time, but usually are the ones that can handle the social issues better than anybody. It's a lot of these straight nerds. And I mean this with all due respect, these nerds that try to go over the top to be friends with somebody that they disagree with. And they're a laughing stock. Nobody takes these people seriously. I had to tell, when I went to Indiana, it was the first time IU I'd ever dealt with the Southern Indiana white guy. And I remember telling guys on my dorm floor, hey, man, you don't have to change the way you talk <laughs> to talk to an African-American kid. Like Winston Morgan and John Flowers, we were across the hall from, and we were all freshmen coming in. So you kind of bond, right, with the guys that you come in as a freshman. And, and guys down the hall would, would check. I go, hey, man, just – you don't have to change the way you right. talk when you're talking to an African-American. You just, just be people. I'm man. as white as they come, oh, right? Man. I'm so white, I make Peyton Manning look black. <laughs> but I could go down to the courts every day, pick up three buddies, just three people standing by, got next. We're having a great time. We're running game. We're running courts. That night, we're going to a party somewhere on the south side of Indy, trying to hook up with loose Southport women. That's just what we did. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, but you're right. And I mean this with all disrespect. <laughs> you meant it with all respect. I mean this with all disrespect. You nerdy dumbasses, get out of the way. They feel like they're trying they're to appeal to everybody. Up. So everybody will like you. No, yeah. nobody liked you to Just begin get with. Out of the and way. now we really don't like you because you don't stand for anything. <laughs> right. Right. You got to just be people. I used to tell my players, look, just be people. Just be people. <laughs> Like, you know, you don't have to be, I don't know, don't go, just just be people, just be decent people. I want to go back to Elon Musk. Uh, the offer today, you know, I guess you're going to make 50% uh, percent more if you own the stock, $54.20 is the shares, what he's going to buy it. There is a big dip, $43.3 billion is what has been reported. There's a big difference between an offer to buy something and an offer with an acceptance of that offer. Correct. What, how do you think, what do you think the end game is here? Will it be sold to Musk? No, it will not. And again, I, that's just my opinion, but I think the folks at Twitter yeah. would rather lose money 
and then act like they did the right thing. I think that's more important than to right. run a business into the ground, but to act like they're doing the high and mighty thing. That's what you find a lot of these leftist organizations doing. Because if this offer is not accepted, I feel like Elon Musk is going to take all of his shares. He's going to sell it and say this hell hole is not able to be saved. And the stock shares and the price will plummet. It will fall like a sack of rocks. But the folks at Twitter don't care. The CEO doesn't care. The folks that are on the board don't care. They're happy losing money. They would rather lose money than to make money and sell it to Elon Musk. And that's where we're at. I agree. I, I agree. People immediately assume that, well, he made an offer. This deal is done. Twitter's going to be better for it. I, it'll be interesting. You know, it's a lot of money. And, you know, he, he, most people in most businesses, when they get an offer of that kind of uh, profit, they sell. Like, I, I got three friends. I'm like, how in the hell... And one buddy, Coop, I'm like, Coop, why, you just play golf all day. You're my, he goes, yeah, I had a business. I sold it for $500 million. I don't even know what the hell right. I sold it for. Most get sold, but this one to me seems, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I guess. Yeah, this is, uh, it's interesting, man, because, um, like, it's not like Elon Musk is asking to do something completely radical with the company. He's just wanting it to be fair and to have free speech represented on both sides. That's all he's asking for. It's not like he's asking that, you know, we're going to have this or that. No, he just wants it so it's not so one-sided politically. But that scares the hell out of the political left. Free speech and traditional, fa and traditional families, those are the two things that scare the living hell out of the American left. Because with free speech and traditional families, they know that you aren't going to be talked into a certain way of thinking. Because the political left in this country, they try to start you young, they continue when you get older, they try to talk you into this, talk you into that. Knowing damn well it's horrible for the long term, but it's good for their power. It's good for their political careers. It's good for their money at Twitter. Uh, not good for anybody else. But if you are somebody that believes in free speech, it's worth fighting for. That's why you're rooting for Elon Musk in this situation. Not a lot is going to change with Twitter, but you may see Donald Trump come back. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You're going to see the less suspensions of accounts, defiant L's, libs of TikTok, the Babylon Bee, all things that have been suspended by Twitter lately. And I'll give you one guess which political side they all lean on. All parody sites, all should be able to be laughed at and enjoyed by anybody but free speech scares the hell out of the political left. Well, speaking of the family, uh, I know you guys talked about the attack on Tony Dungy. I love Dungy's response. He goes, yeah, I assume since Obama said the exact same thing that I said 14 years ago, and then he printed it, put it on Twitter, what Obama said. I assume y'all are mad at Obama, too. I thought Dungy was great in helping with families. I think he's always been great with helping. He's been in the foster care. He has raised foster kids. He's been a terrific family person. He's had personal tragedy while doing it, but he's maintained his faith, and then he gets attacked, and he just throws it right back at him, and the idiots go, okay, we tried here. Let's move on to the next. I thought Dungy was great He was classy. He did everything right, and if you substitute Ron DeSantis for Joe Biden, 
Let's say that's Joe Biden signing that exact same bill. You would have folks standing up doing a parade. But because it was Ron DeSantis, because it was somebody with an R next to their name, we have to go after Tony Dungy now. But look at the type of people that are going after him. You've got dipshits like Keith Olbermann. Anytime Keith Olbermann's on the other side of something you stand for, rest assured you're probably on the right side of it. Uh, I have said that about Michigan State fans. (laughs) If I am on the other side of Michigan State fans, damn, I knew I did it well. I know I'm doing it good. Hey, big dog, I'm in Vegas this weekend. Gas was at six bucks. Uh, Inflation is at 85%. Here's what I've said. I don't care whether you're a Republican or Democrat, but think for yourself. I mean, if you think this is a good thing because he's he's your side, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know who the worst this, people are? Th- you can't. The be- worst folks in an election are oh, the people wow. that vote straight ticket, straight ticket voter. Don't yes. be straight ticket guy. Because yes. there are some Republicans that aren't worth a damn. Like you know, I'll admit I lean one side politically. I lean to the right. It's not a big secret here, but I don't vote straight ticket. There are some local councilmen in my neighborhood that are Democrats. They've done nothing wrong. I'll vote them back into office. The governor of Indiana has got an R next to his name. He's awful. He's horrendous. I would rather have a libertarian. I'd rather have a raccoon. I would rather have a squirrel than this fake, phony-ass Republican that we've got in Indiana right now. So don't be straight ticket guy. It's okay to be a Republican and say, you know what? That Democrat, that guy in my local council race, he's not that bad. And it's also okay to say, that guy with an R next to his name, he's a horrible, rotten, you-know-what. He's only in it because he's got an R next to his name. His policies are no better than the Democrats. Hell, in Indiana, at least we know what we're getting with the Democrats. With our governor, he acts like there's an R next to his name, then does the same thing the Democrats do. That's why I say, give me the raccoon or the squirrel. Yeah, <laughs> I knew this. I, this is my frustration. I was not political Not even a little bit, but I knew enough. I remember saying this in a civics class, Uh, Northwest Indiana, lot, you know, union, steelwork, Democrat, Democratic mayor, Richard Hatcher, the whole nine yards. All right. And I remember standing up in a civics class saying, I don't understand this. And why can't we understand that maybe this guy has a good idea, right? And he's a Democrat. Maybe this is a good idea, and he's a Republican. Like, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed, and I prove it every day, but my God. You know, if you jumped into a time machine, That's just common sense. If you jumped into a time machine and went back 50 years and told those people, these are going to be controversial takes in 2022. It's okay to have free speech. (laughs) It's not okay for teachers to talk about their sex life with kindergartners. And... You know, it's okay to vote, you know, for people you might not know about, opposite parties. It's okay to do all that. They would look at you like, well, of course, that's common sense. But in 2022, that's a hot take. That's unbelievable. We were talking about that yesterday. I'll say this. I'll add one to it. Guys my age that were 14, 15, 13 years old, when Bruce Jenner was the world's greatest athlete. I told my stepson, we were talking about this, because Lee's going to talk about the influence of Caitlyn Jenner and, and what Caitlyn Jenner should have as influence. But, but anyway, I told my stepson, 
I would have bet you anything you wanted in 1976. If you would have said to me, hey, Dan, I'll bet you that Bruce Jenner is a woman. (laughs) I would have bet you anything. You would have made every dime I ever had if you wanted to bet that. Because, hey, he was the man, right? right? So that's the world we live in, right? That's that's to your point. That's the world we live in. Two things with Bruce Jenner here. Number one, there's an amazing photo of Bruce Jenner back in the day with O.J. Simpson. Imagine you're in that same time machine and you go back to like 1981 and tell them about both of those guys. Heads are going to spin all the way around. And number two, this is a debate that we had on our show. Like I am six feet. I'm 242 pounds. I'm kind of fat. I'm not really fat. But right now, at her age and at my physical condition, who would win in a race, a 50-yard dash, Caitlyn Jenner or me? That's not what you. I said. I said Caitlyn Jenner dust my ass. Kill you at whatever age she is. Hey, I'm telling you, man, it is it 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 is it is incredible when you go back and you look and you say, wait a second, hold on. They gave money to help fathers in Florida, and that's a bad thing. All right. Yes. Okay. This All is right. the same people, like, uh, you'd the be... same political party coach that called Larry Elder, the California gubernatorial candidate, a white supremacist. He's black. It's the same people that said that. <laughs> I had him on my show one time, Larry, uh, and I had a bunch of students from IUPUI in there. And, oh, my God. I said, what would you guys think? That was horrible. I'm like, really? What did he say you didn't like? I forget what it was, but it was just the best. <laughs> Absolute freaking best. Oh, man, you're you're great. I appreciate you coming on, my Thank friend. You. Have a great Thank show you. today. See you, brother. Uh, it's always a good time. It's always, always, always a good time. Good times with my friend Jason Hammer. At Jason Allen Hammer. I'm telling you, he's needs, he needs a bigger platform. That dude is fantastic. And Hammer and Nigel is one of the great shows in our country because they're common sense. I mean, damn. You know what? what? <laughs> oh, man. What a day. What a day. Yeah. Remember when Donkic said that Miles Bridges had no game? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We'll be right back. My wife is going to join us. Kevin McLaren says, wow, 140, 54 views. Hey, you're damn right. It's a spunky 154 views. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Ends up to be about 20 to 30,000 a day. That's right. Sparty fans, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, when you couldn't get into Michigan, you had to go to Michigan State. Now, the difference between Michigan and Michigan State is like the difference between a full head of hair and this. So you're mad. You're angry all the time. You're insecure. You're defensive. I got no problem with you. I think you're great. I think you're funny. Thank God for you, Michigan State. Sparty on. Go green. Go white. (laughs) Go to East Lansing. (laughs) We'll be back. Oh, I love the world we live in. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. All right. This is my wife. 
Hi. Her name is Lee Ross Dockett's background. Obviously beautiful, obviously smart, married me. Uh, the best softball player in the history of the Mid-American Conference took Toledo to a stop, took Toledo <laughs> to the College World Series, was a first-team All-American, an Olympian, Olympic alternate. I want to get that right because I know Sparty fans are out there all mad at me, so they'll check. Some guy just sent a tweet out, Lee, that said he was, he was at the TBT when I was there and I left the bathroom without washing my hands. So what? In 2015. Sparty fans, I'm sorry you didn't get into Michigan, all right? Damn, you should have studied harder. You settled. What can I do? Anyway, she's the winningest softball coach at Syracuse and at Bowling Green. We've been married six years. She's been on the show before. We need to have more of her. All right. You have very definite opinions on a lot of stuff. So Yes, I do. Kentucky just passed a bill, like now, (laughs) and put it into law where women – our transgender women are not allowed to play high school sports. What is your take on that? On that? I, well, I, being a, a softball coach for years and coaching women for years, I think that's great. I think that women have fought for so long to have the opportunity to play. And I think once men who are transgender, who become women, want to start penetrating the women's sports like it's going to be bad all women are going to get pushed out eventually if we're all just going to be one sex or whatever we want to be if a man says he wants to be a woman he's just gonna he's gonna obviously knowing athletes they're bigger they're stronger you know guys are just the way you grow I, I just think women are going to lose opportunity so I think I, I want them to have a place where they can play sports that's what I want but not in female sports where People who were born women and have women hormones and, and women, you know, with their chromosomes. And I feel like that is unfair. So you, that's Isn't it amazing life. how we have to dance around this? I know. I mean, I feel like you're dancing around I this. Am. And because, well, somebody could say this and then you're defending, you're discriminating against the LGBT. Right. No, you're not. You have an opinion. And in this country, certainly what I love about OutKick is you can have an opinion. Right. And you know what? You don't like the opinion? Tough. But the truth of the matter is I think 90% of people, 95% of people out there say the same thing. You women have fought really hard to be involved in sports. Um, somebody's transitioning. It may not be fair to the vast majority, and you got to discuss that. That's right. what I think. And I feel the same. Like I know a lot of pioneers in women's sports that have – They've gone above and beyond to give younger generations the opportunity. And then, you know, they didn't fight for men to come and play in women's sports. They fought for young girls to be able to play sports. Here's a weird thing. Because I don't know. The reason I say weird is not, and again, you got to preface everything because you say the word weird, people lose their mind. But it's odd that Leah Thomas is a guy transitioning to a girl, so you participate in women's sports. There is a softball player at Yale who is a girl transitioning to a male, and she is allowed to play the women's sport. Right. Why isn't the person at Yale playing in the men's arena? Exactly. I mean, and, that's common sense, right? Well, that's, that's all that is. Common it's common it's, sense. You know, if you want to play, it, I'm fine with the female that is transitioning. I mean, she was born female, so she should be able to play female sports is what I think. I mean, I think there has to be 
yeah. a limit on hormones and stuff like that, you know, with the replacement, hormone replacement. But it's so the, so basically women's sports is the catch all. It's Apparently, right. It's like we can just nudge out these girls yeah. because we're polite and they're nice and they want everybody to have opportunity. You know, it's just kind of girls, we're emotional and we kind of function that way. So it'll be Are okay. you allowed to say that? I'm, I'm not allowed. I'm, to, I'm not allowed to say that. I'm you're you're not emotional. Everybody, I'm a woman. <laughs> we are mostly driven by emotions. <laughs> All right, let's go through some things. Let's talk about Cam Newton. Like, I think you need to know when to serve me, damn it. <laughs> I think you need to know when to be quiet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Not now, though. You got yeah, 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 right. <laughs> what do you got what Cam Newton said? I what are the gender roles? Gender, well, I think it's individual. I read the Bible. I, I, and honestly, different points in my life, I thought gender roles were different. When I was younger, I was, you know, I don't need a man and I can do it. <laughs> right. And as you get older and you want family and you want, you like the whole idea. I mean, it's, it's we were created Again, going back to what my beliefs are, we are created to do certain things. I have a son. We have two sons. I want them to be strong males. I want them to take care of their families. I want them to provide. I want them to be, you know, good leaders and guide the families. And I want, you know, I want them to be okay doing that. And I feel like it, this world, you talk about Cam Newton, okay, whatever he said, people are going to spin it. And maybe in his family, in his house, he can say it a certain way and it's fine. But... I'm so tired of everybody having to chime in <laughs> on, you know, <laughs> everybody's opinion. What, tired of it. You know, in, in our family, and this is something that I saw with my mom and dad. My mom taught school. My dad taught school. My dad was a principal, so he had to stay af after school. So my mom cooked dinner. I you cook, cook dinner. dinner. I love cooking dinner. Right. I, mean, I don't know if that's because I'm made this way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it, But if you would love cooking dinner, you would cook dinner. I, you know, I just, it's part of it. it. But who takes out the trash? What do I always say? You got to take out the trash. That's, I've been taking out the trash. Because it's a big job. hill and I'm I don't fat. Care. It's a man's job. That's what I'm saying. If I'm going to cook. I'm working two jobs. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not taking out the trash anymore, people. No, I got it. I got it, damn it. I take out the trash, but we got a big hill. It's really high, and she's in really good shape, and the trash sometimes is heavy. But I got it on wheels. When I was a kid, we didn't have trash on wheels. You had to carry it like this. So you know what? I got adverse to taking out the trash. I'll take out the trash from now on. But I think the interesting thing is, okay, um, Cam Newton really didn't get crushed and I think there's a number of reasons. I think white media is so afraid to be called an is that, you know, Cam Newton or whoever can say whatever they'd like. But I also think there's becoming a little bit of a pushback. Doug Gottlieb said something interesting. Cam Newton is entitled to his own opinion on what type of relationship he wants to have in his life. And if you don't like it, don't date him. Exactly. Right? right. And there might be, there probably is a, a woman that wants that. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. But of course, you know, people, ah, you got to crush them out. Okay, whatever. Yeah. All right, what's the difference in regular women's roles and roles of women in sports? What is that question? What is that that mean? question, we oh. put it down here, comparing women in sports roles. Like the normal household, you are. I take care of everything. Okay. And then in sports, okay. I take care of everything. <laughs> no, but you, you're working hard. <laughs> you talk. <laughs> I 
So there's no difference in your role as a coach and your role as a wife, mother, and... Uh... I feel like you can't just say, like... Then why do you want me to write this? That's individual. I did not even say that. So that's... We must have been another topic. That, that's like individual personality, don't you think? What does that mean? Like, your personality. Me as a coach, I have a certain style of coaching. So... I want to take care of everybody. I want to answer all the questions. I, I want order, you know, like those kind of things. I feel like I, I do the same thing when I'm not coaching. That's like my personality. That is your personality. Yeah. Uh, Caitlyn Jenner as a role model slash spokeswoman. I am all for it. If anybody knows or understands how to be a top athlete and before all of this, I mean, really, things are getting kind of crazy with the arguing, you know, back and forth with transgender and stuff like that. Caitlyn Jenner decided to live a life that she wants to lead. Like, she decided that kind of before this yeah. all started happening. I feel like she, she was the first one to stand up and say, hey, you know, I'm not happy as a man. I'm going to be a woman. And she knows sports. She's, I mean, she was the greatest athlete. Back Ever. in the day. Bruce like Jenner in the was day. The greatest athlete. And I, we were talking about that last night. He was on the Wheaties box. Like, I mean, Bruce. Waving flag. I don't know for So you, 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 you have no problem. And maybe even I'm going to go a little different. You feel as if Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner, in this era, might be the best spokesperson for anybody in this area. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Bruce Jenner or Caitlyn Jenner has come out and said, look, trans women should not play right. women's sports. That's what Caitlyn said. Yeah. And she, I think, in my opinion, is probably the world's foremost authority on it. I would say being a great athlete and transgender, understanding that there's such a difference in the makeup of our bodies and yeah. yeah so i'm all for it all right you have a theory i know she has a theory it didn't start as a theory it just was something i threw out there and then i've been kind of paying attention so my theory is this let me set it up okay let me set it up <laughs> the world that we live in is a world of pre-kardashian and post-kardashian pre-kardashian and you can equate social media to it. And I don't want to speak for you, so I'm just trying to set it up here. Yes. Basically, see, I'm doing the talking here, damn it. <laughs> Basically, glam shots, uh, people living a life that they see on TV, you feel, started with the Kardashians. And there's a direct line of how it was before and how it has been since, correct? Yes. I feel like it's like an outliers moment if from the book Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, which is where everything came together at once. The selfies, uh, reality TV. All right. Were they, all, were they the first reality? I, no, I feel like they were. I don't, know, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just, they're the biggest. I yeah. Think. They're the ones that probably had the most impact. And I think it all started, we all started, well, not we, me, but children, kids, started watching their lives, started watching the way they dressed, started watching the, the I, I don't know if they had money or then or the fake money or whatever it is and not all the money. And they started seeing that and thinking that that's how life is. 
and on the selfies and having to post for everybody to see and then almost wanting to be their own reality show. I honestly feel like when I said that originally, I'm like, huh, I don't know what, where that came from, but man, that makes sense. Kardashians, I, I don't, I'm saying. You're not saying the they're moment. bad. No, but I feel like that was the outlier moment where everything came together and now post Kardashian social media reality tv it's the the world has is way different i'm gonna stick by this too uh, all right i'm gonna i'm gonna expound on so what you're saying is not that the kardashians alone dictated this insane uh like i'm i'm going up an escalator in the airport the other day and a girl is taking a selfie and act she went from like yeah, yeah. You know, it all came together is what you're saying. Social media, Twitter, Instagram, it all hit when they hit. And think about the how much influence that family has. Yes. Had. And so with influence comes money. So then you've got younger people who are trying to do the same thing. Gain that influence, right? That's what everyone wants to do now is get be TikTok famous. Because then you're going to have money. Yeah. And it's all, so it's kind of my... Again, going back to that whole outliers, it was just a explode. And I think about Paris Hilton. You remember she did a reality show before Kardashian, yeah. I think. And Paris Hilton was just socialite and out. There. But I, but the social media part of it hadn't been as huge. So with, take know, people back then. What was it before the Kardashians? Let's go that route first. We know what it's after, right? You got to pad your ass. You got to get the rack. You got to you know, money, spent money, money and, yeah. yeah and all this. I always felt like this, going back to Caitlyn Jenner, I always felt like Bruce Jenner, when he was Bruce during that show, yeah. was like the anchor of common sense among a freaking world of crazy yeah. and d ambition and phony. Yes, I agree with that. I Would agree you? With yeah, I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. So what was it before and equated to after? Well, before, like I was saying, I know Paris Hilton tried to have some kind of a reality show, but it was more uh, her influence was happening in real time, not on the phone, not for regular, you know, it was for all the other elites to see, right? So she was the socialite among all the other, you know, at the parties and, and, and not for a 12-year-old to... So to what you're saying is what watch. she did, she did, and it was broadcast. What these guys do, what the Kardashians brought into the world was, this is what we do, but it's going to be broadcast to you, and your choice is, I can discard it? I no. can try to live up to it? Yeah, yeah, but kids are seeing it real yeah. time. They're yeah. part of it almost, Yeah. right? Where Paris Hilton and, you know, that kind of pre-Kardashian thing, they they did all of that. You might read about it in the paper, or you might see it on a news clip or whatever. You're not living it at the moment the whole time. That's where I think the social media, the... the, the so has Twitter, that been good? I don't think so. I feel like our kids are... We, we talk about social media and what it's done to people, and I feel like our kids are... They just... They don't know what's real. You Do you know? think a kindergartner should be talked to about sex? Uh, no. I don't... <laughs> I, we, I think, I, especially, think about especially, that question. I don't want another person who, I don't want to get in trouble, but I don't want another person who maybe doesn't even have their own kids. Right. Try to explain to my kids, 
what their lifestyle is. Do, that's your lifestyle. That's your go do your lifestyle and be you. And and but it's not their job to then explain it. I'll take care of that. I'll that's what I'm. That. When did I don't blame the Kardashians for this? When did school not become about reading, writing, arithmetic? When did it become about hey, I am transgender and I want to teach you about my transgenderness? When, I, when you are in kindergarten through third grade, and how could that possibly be bad to say you don't want that? I need to think about this for my next theory because I can't put, it's very recent though. Very and, recent. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know if it was the, the DeSantis bill in Florida that really sparked everything. I don't know. I feel like now everybody, like, maybe it was going on and he brought light to it. In, 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 you know, yeah. in, I don't know. As a mother, yeah. Tegan comes home in third grade and says, hey, Mr. McGillicuddy just taught us all about transitioning from a male to a female, and he wants us to explore who we really are. How are you reacting to that? I don't know if Tegan's going back to Mr. McGillicuddy's (laughs) class. Or Mrs. McGillicuddy, you know, whatever. I I have a real problem with... First of all, why are we sexualizing children? Why are right. we talking about sex all the time? Why are we shoving it down their throats? When you were in third grade, were you talking about any of this stuff? Did I you got care? thrown out of my third grade class. Well, you were looking at boobs. You're, okay, but that's... No, I wasn't. I was throwing pencils in oh. the air and I was flipping <laughs> off freaking... Oh, I thought you were... No, come on. No. <laughs> I mean, and you may have as a third grader, yeah, but man. that's your thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? You don't need to know if your teacher's married. You don't need to know that. You don't I don't think know. I ever knew. I no, it's Miss or Mrs. Maybe that's the only way I knew was by. But I Why don't. can't we just teach school in school? Yeah, I, well, that is we're losing that. Our kids are not getting smarter. They might be more socially aware. Of what? Of whatever the next. I mean, the it, ne- whatever the next issue is, you know, they're like, oh, there's. You and I go out. That. You and I went out last night. You and I and Jared went out last night. I wonder if this happens to you all. You go out last night and you read all this stuff if you're on social media. I'm on social media because I'm promoting this show and I'm literally psychotic about getting more views. It drives me nuts. But you go out, we go out last night and there is literally, I I believe this, we went to St. Elmo's, famous place in Indy. Jared had never been there. We went and got appetizers and we walked down the street, took him to the Slippery Noodle, which is the world's oldest bar, Indy's old, whatever it is. It's a famous, you know, place. Okay. Not one thing in that four, three, whatever it is, hour time frame that we were out was the same as what I read on social media. Not one thing, zero. It was people being out. Yes. It was people having a beer. It was people eating dinner. It was people having shrimp kind. And then you go back to this, and it's like chaos. Oh my God. The real world is so disconnected, I think, from what social media tells us the real world is. Would you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And I feel like we, people have to realize that. I don't think we do. They have to realize it and they have to, like, it's not reality. All of the social media, it's not reality. They have to realize that, but it's shoved down our throats. I don't like that. Yeah, it's everything is. Like, you want to be gay, you want to be whatever, right. But why does it have to be shoved down my throat every moment of every day? You watch a commercial, there it is. You get on social media, there it is. You get on the, Great, wonderful, yay, right. And maybe I don't understand it from the other side. Maybe the more you 
would you think this? Maybe the more you bring it out, the more socially acceptable it becomes yeah, in, in somebody's mind. Yeah, I think in somebody's mind. I feel like it was probably more acceptable than people really let on. I have a hard I, time agreeing with that because I didn't but, go through it. I didn't go through it. I didn't, I didn't face whatever they they. But I'm saying people from my, face. But from our, like, so, yeah, we didn't face it. I would always feel bad for people who had to, you know, like, if they had to endure, you know, years of hiding right. something. Right. You feel bad for anybody that's hiding. We're right. all hiding something. Right. Like that. Or, you know, a lot of people are hiding things or don't feel as much, I guess. But I don't think other people pay attention to it as much. Like, the, you know what I'm saying? I'll say this, though. I, I will say this, and tell me if you agree or disagree. I think that our kids are far more accepting of other people than certainly people. I'm older than you, my age, or absolutely my grandfather and father's age. I, yeah. think, I think people are more accepting. Now, there, again, somebody can say, well, this is what happened here. Of course, there's incidents. But I think in general, being around kids that are in their mid-20s, I think they're far more accepting of whatever. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Is it, and and I, why is that, in your mind? Do you think it's that? Again, it's maybe it was brought to light more. That's what I'm saying. About, you know, so. That's why I have a hard time complaining, or not complaining, but saying, "Hey, look, quit throwing it in my face." Well, with what, the kids, I think now it's like, okay, so adults. Um, Older teenagers, these are topics they can handle. Children can't. That, I think that's, oh, I agree that's with where that. work try to get to the oh, point God. where it's like, stop with the little things. But ultimately, honestly, this is what most people have to do. Turn things off. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Turn off. Yeah. Give yourself a break. From yeah. It. I agree with that. Because, I mean, I, I, when I listen to certain podcasts, I, I'm anxious. I want to fight. <laughs> I'm like, I could shut this off. And go walk the dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Last night was good for me. Yeah. I looked around and I saw, you know what? There's a guy walked in. St. Elmo's has this long, beautiful wooden bar. It's, it's a historic place. And, and I love sitting, we, sitting in the tables, you know, at the bar. Right. But not at the bar. They're, they're, it's a long area. And I'm watching these guys. And there was a couple white guys, black guys. I mean, there was like. And they just came in for a beer. Yep. This, and it was one of the few times I've ever seen this. The three guys that I've somehow paid attention to, they were not together. Mm -hmm. There was one guy in a suit. It was one guy in a sweater. And it was one guy in a suit. Two guys in a suit. One black guy, one white guy. One black guy, two white guys. There. Not one guy got on a phone. That hit me. Yeah. Like, wow, that's really... As first, because <laughs> I know what I do. <laughs> yeah. But in my defense, I would ask if I went to Nick's in Bloomington, hey, you guys got the paper back there? Yeah. I yeah. would read the paper. Yeah. If I was by myself, because what are you going to do? Sit there like putty on an airplane? Yeah. Well, they have TVs going, so those guys probably That's true. just watching sports That's true. and just having a drink after work. But you're right. Turn it off. Turn it off. So what have we solved here today? Well, we got my theory out there. I love your theory. Pre and post Kardashian. I'm not blaming them. I'm, I'm going to put this out right I'm now. That's when things started really kind of getting 
Is there a pre and post Kardashian era <laughs> on, a, on a Twitter poll? Is there a pre era and a post era? I think there is. Yeah. I think it's influential. It's pretty solid. All right. I've done no research on it at all. It's just, it literally popped in my head and then I expanded. Yeah. So. Well, it's time for you to go <laughs> and be quiet. Okay. Make my lunch. Take the garbage out. Take, all right. All <laughs> make right. dinner. Uh, if you don't mind, the lawn needs mowed. It's first time all year. It's a little wet. We got rocks down there that need moved. I'll be home at three. Okay. I'll be ready for my snack. My okay, your snack. <laughs> my Goodbye. my nap and my afternoon snack. I'll have your slippers ready. Yeah, please, God, do. All right, we come back. I got some do's and don'ts for you. That's right. And if I tell you what to do, you do it. And if I tell you what not to do, why would you do it? Haven't you learned by now? Now, and, and st- let me, before we go, okay, before she goes, do yourself a favor. Don't be putting on Twitter, well, Dawkins, you certainly outkicked your coverage. She outkicked her coverage. Yeah. We've heard that before. <laughs> All I ever hear is, if, here's what guys do. All right, this is what guys do. They either go with, you outkicked your coverage, Dawkins. Okay, fine. Or, you know what they say? Like me, we both outkicked our coverage. You did. The best. <laughs> I can't believe she went 10 years single waiting for me. The best. We'll be back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Yeah, I know it's coming. I, uh, you outkicked your coverage. Shut up. Anybody tell her she looks like Jennifer Aniston? Every day. Every day we go to the airport and they say, man, you guys look like Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, except you're a lot taller than Brad Pitt. That's right. That's what they say. Or maybe not. Sports fans, I've told you earlier today, we are losing the battle. We're losing the battle. Clayton Kershaw can't go. Seriously, let me ask you this. I haven't been on the YouTube chat. I got to get back on the YouTube chat. The YouTube chat is, there's no way those of you on the YouTube chat could possibly disagree with me saying, hey, let's go. Clayton Kershaw, you got a perfect game. I understand why not. Don't get me wrong. All right, there are some very important do's and don'ts that I want to get into with y'all. Do. You ready? Do yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Get a rescue dog. I'm going to go into why. I'm going to go into why. Okay? Here's why. Number one, makes you look good. Like, Keith Olbermann is literally the worst public person. Keith Oberman, when you see Keith Oberman and any quotes that Keith Oberman make, it is vile, it is hateful, hurt people hurt people, defines Keith Oberman. He's the worst. But what Keith Oberman does is this. Keith Oberman has like little puppies that he tries to help on his YouTube chat or or on his Twitter page. Telling you, I'm telling you it helps it's the only redeeming quality of Oberman now you got to understand something 
I don't like dogs. I am not a dog person. I never had a dog growing up. When my brother and I were little, my brother was two years older than me, this dog of our neighbors, we lived in this little apartment in Gary, across from what is now IUN, this dog was our neighbor's dog. Came into the apartment, bit my brother. You know what my brother did? My brother bit the dog right back. That's right. The dog took a hunk out of his right cheek. He went and bit the dog right on his left cheek. I was like two, and I remember it. I do. I don't know if I was two, but I remember it. I remember it to this day. My brother had a bite mark on his cheek, and the dog went yelping away. I don't like dogs. I don't care about dogs. But you know what happened? The lovely Lee Ross got a rescue dog. And now I kind of like dogs. I don't love them. If the dog died, I'd say yeah, I had a good run. It wouldn't be weepy. I'd dig a hole out here. I'd go get a stone next to whatever the people that owned the house before us. But I'm telling you, your rescue dog solves a lot of problems. When people, one time, guys, well, you suck, Doc. You're the worst. I'm the worst. I bet you don't have a rescue dog. I do. Name is Lula. We got her out of a dumpster. Yeah, that's right. A rescue dog solves all of your problems. It does. It, if somebody thinks you're a bad person, what are you talking about? I got a rescue dog. You walk down the street, you got a dog. Somebody says, hey, that's a good looking dog. Where'd you get it? That's ah, a rescue. I don't even like them, but I use them. It's like one of my favorite shows is Two and a Half Men. And when Jake moved in with Charlie, his little nephew, he took him to the supermarket to hit on women. I don't use it to hit on women. I, wouldn't, I didn't have it when I was single after being divorced. But I'll tell you this, when I walk around with it, I want to make me look better. That's it. So get a rescue dog. When my daughter was little, we used to go to the mall in Bloomington when I was back there in 2007 and 8. And I would take her on, like, whatever day we had, like Monday or whatever. And we would go and we would look at these little Pomeranian dogs. And they were these little cute dogs. And my daughter always looked cute with them. All right? But I never got a dog. Why? Well, because I didn't want a dog. Simple as that. I don't want a dog. Well, where'd you get your dog? Well, you know, this dog cost us $5,000 and it was from the kennel. No, 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 no. Get yourself a rescue dog and you become a hero. I'll tell you one thing I'm tired of, and I know you are too. I'm tired of dogs in airports. That enough. Dogs in freaking airport. That's abuse. Here's what they're doing. People, that's a nice thing. Service dogs, a nice thing. But now people are abusing it. And I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. No more dogs in airports unless they're sniffing for drugs or they're absolutely necessary. Maybe a blind person. I don't know. No more dog. Man, here's a don't. Don't get hooked on the real housewives of anything. I don't care whether you think Deidre is hot. I don't care whether you think the women of whatever. No. It's like a drug, this thing. This thing, particularly the ladies of New Jersey, they fight. Like, they throw things in public restaurants. Like, I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's fake. 
I don't care. But I'm telling you, you get hooked on these things. Even as a guy, you're like, damn, are they going to fight here at this long table in the middle of whatever the fancy restaurant in New York City is? Are they going to throw things? Is this what's going to happen? I'm telling you. Like, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I will say it. I did like watching the Kardashians for a stretch. I did. I don't know why. I just did. I am hooked on whatever my wife watches. Whatever Lee goes, whether it is The O.C., whether it is Beverly Hills, whether it is New York, whether it is New Jersey. We tried Dallas. That was too fake. Utah, no interest. But for some reason, those four real housewives of stupidity, they grabbed me. And I'm telling you, it's like I've never done drugs. I've never smoked weed. I've never done heroin or crack or any of that stuff. But I'm telling you, I know people that have, and they always say the same thing. It grabs you. It pulls you in. It takes you from here and brings you into its world. And that's what these shows do. And you're sitting there as an adult male. You're sitting there going, why? Is there something right now in your life where you go, why? Like, what do people call it? A guilty pleasure? Where it's like, why am I wasting my time on this? Why am I doing this? Why did I drive 30 miles to get this antique? Whatever it is, the worst of all of these is getting hooked on that. See, I am an addictive personality, and I got hooked on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette until it just became too stupid. It just became too stupid. I think Jesse Palmer does a great job on it, and once in a while, this last episode, I think it was of The Bachelor, the guy was such a D-bag that I could not watch the last two episodes. My daughter was home. We started watching. My wife and I were watching with my daughter, and I couldn't get away from it. But I'm telling you, the housewives are worse. I'm telling you, it is literally like a drug that you can't get away from. Do not do it, please. Don't do it. Don't subject yourself to it. Here's a quick don't. It's not going to be on here. I just looked at my head. All right. Don't ever get a comb over. I had a comb over for years. It was glorious. It went from here. It swept around. It started up about here, which wasn't bad. It ended here. Don't do it. I'm telling you, just go home. Just go home. Go home. Shave it off. It's not easier to shave it off. And don't let anybody tell you that it was, by the way, or is. It's not. It's a pain in the backside because when you had hair like mine that was combed over, I would go see this lady. It said barbershop. She was about a 60, 70-year-old Chinese lady who had a floby. So she would cut your hair. But you know what a floby is? And all I would do was go about, I don't know, once every six, eight weeks, she would cut my hair. And when I walked in, there was literally nobody there. For those of you that want to go get a quick, good haircut, the corner of Michigan, right there, Michigan and 96th Street. It might be 86th Street. It's right across from McDonald's, right off 465 on the north side of Indy. It's in this 
I think there's a Sherwin-Williams there. There might be still, hopefully, a, um, a brew pub. And it just says Barber on it. And it's always the same lady. She does not speak English. She will give you a shave, but it will be with a yellow bick. Yeah, that's right. It's not a straight edge. It's a, and your face is all cut up. But she got a Floby. But they have good magazines. Just go home. Just shave it. Don't even worry about it. As my wife says, when I complain about it, I go, man, I look bad with my head shaved. She'll go, yeah, you think you look good with the other way? All right. Do, we talked about this earlier today. Do yourself a favor. Do something for you, okay? Something for you. And I think the majority of people do this. But those of you that are on the fence, do this. Do think for your self, regardless of the fallout. Think for yourself. It's so easy these days to get caught up. And people will say, duh, Dan, what, what do you think? No, 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 no. Think for yourself. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to be like uh, Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Think for yourself. Just because some made-up candidate says it doesn't mean it's real. Just because you read it doesn't mean it's real. Just because some hairspray on TV doesn't mean it's real. If you've ever been involved in a media story, all right, you know very clearly that they don't get it right. Let me put it this way. If somebody did a story on Van Pasterman, who is on our chat room, I guarantee you he will read that story and go, well, yeah, they, nah, not really. Or Sean Black, I guarantee you, you would read it if they did an in-depth and you'd be like, yeah, I didn't say that. I didn't say it that way. Huh. I don't know. But that, to me, is what I'm talking about. If you've ever been involved, I'm telling you right now, do yourself a favor and think for your damn self. Don't worry about the ramifications. Don't worry about how somebody may feel about it. I mean, look, don't be a jackass, but think for yourself. It is never, ever been more important than right now. And a lot of people, as I said, will go, Duh, you spoke, Dan, you, you, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, a lot of people, more than you know, way more than you know, sit there and go, huh? Yeah. I wonder if I should do that. I wonder if I should say that. If it's right, it's right. This is my best advice. This happened twice. Once with Mike Woodson, the head coach at Indiana, and the other day on our show, and the other day with Thad Mata, the new head coach of Butler. Don't ever... Speak about 
yourself in the third person. So Thad Mata, I love Thad Mata, but he's on the show. And he hits me with, well, you know, it was the best job for Thad Mata. And I start laughing. Interview's over. My producer, Jimmy, looks at me. And he goes, hey. He goes, you ever talk about yourself in the third person? I got I to tell you. In my entire life, in every interview that I've ever done, in any discussion I've ever had, I've never referred to myself in the third person. So I asked him, I go, look, you're younger than me. You're 25 years old, 26, whatever. You ever do it? And he thought for a minute, like, not unless it was a joke. And every time I hear somebody do that, I can't help. I don't know if I have less respect for him because I respect that man and I respect Mike Woodson. I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's I think less of them. I just kind of laugh at them. I do. I'm sorry. When people speak, when Dan Dawkins speaks in the third person, I think it's because I'm very important. But when somebody does it on the air, I'm telling you, think about this. I cannot imagine. Like, do you think this is possible? I wish I could interact with you right now on the, on, on the air or, or with Dylan and Ryan. Do you think, like both Thad Mata and Mike Woodson have had really nice careers in the public eye. They're paid a lot of money. They're paid to do it. I mean, they're paid, right? They're, they're popular. They would be, quote, celebrities. That's what they would be. Do you think it's only celebrities that talk about themselves in the third person? Have you ever been to a dinner party, say, where all of a sudden, out of the blue, somebody starts talking in the third person? And not even talking. Let's not even say that. That's unfair. Let's say they communicate, they say them, their name in the third person. Let's just say they slip, they slip. And one time, they do it. So you're sitting around... You're at a ball game or you're at a dinner or you're just having a beer or you're just at a restaurant. Like last night, we just went to a restaurant, had appetizers. I drank a Diet Coke and a beer. All right. Have you ever been in that situation? And I'm going to the YouTube chat now. Have you ever been in that situation where all of a sudden I'm going to hear somebody speak in the third person? Have you ever heard that out of anybody other than a celebrity? I cannot imagine. Uh, Dan, wasn't there a guy, Jimmy, on Seinfeld that talked in the third person? Yes. Of course, Ed Rogers, he has that whole Trump derangement syndrome thing, uh, says, well, Trump does it. Okay. All right. Yeah, Marty Dog says to Ed Rogers, don't let Trump run your life. Yeah, don't. Ed, you'll be all right, man. He's gone. What are you going to do? See, Spyro Gyro, what's his name here? Spyroglyphalus says, "If if you are a legend, then you can speak in the third person. All right. Okay. I don't know if that's true. Uh, Look at Ed Rogers. Trump, man, Ed, you need help. Trump had a reality show and a comb over. Hasn't ever had an original thought. Okay, Ed, you'll be all right, babe. You'll be okay, babe. You'll be all right. Uh, I don't know. But 
Uh, I, I don't. Jennifer likes the Outkick show. Jimmy, Jimmy jumps high, Jennifer. Jennifer likes the Outkick show. That, of course, is from Jennifer. Uh, Marby Dog says, yes, one time. A power lifter from Ohio State. If somebody, like if Lee did that to me one time, I don't know what I would do. I know exactly what I would do. I would make fun of her. Jennifer, Jennifer says that Jennifer is going to talk in the third person all day. That's what we should do, seriously. We should have a day where it's like, hey, videotape yourself talking in the third person all day. I did that once on the show, but I couldn't, um, I couldn't keep it going. Like Tom Sparberger says, Dan, I feel like I need to take a shower if I ever spoke in the third person. Like, I agree. I, I <laughs> Outkick on our YouTube show says, hey, Outkick likes you too, Jennifer. Outkick. Our show is talking in the third person. Now that's big time. That's big time out of Ryan and Dylan right there. When our own show can talk in the third person, that's pretty good. Hey, Jimmy's got these new jumping shoes. Jimmy likes to jump. Jimmy jumped high today. Seriously. Like, when I, even when I watch that on Seinfeld, I want to, I want to take a shot at Jimmy. <laughs> Don't take yourself that serious that you are going to talk in the third person. Uh, Eva Ray Hoosier says, drinking game, take a dump every time DD mentions Dana Bembau or the Indy Star. Okay. All right. I don't know why you want to go to the bathroom that much, but hey, that's your thing, not mine. Danny doesn't care what you do. Uh, Danny doesn't care if you take a, maybe you meant shot. I don't know. I assume you did, but you know, if you're going to criticize me, at least get on the right side here. Uh, there are baseball games today and I am not happy with my performance as a gambler of late. Trey Young really let me down in the first half. I mean, Trey Young would have had 40 last night. Hey, have I mentioned today that Miles Bridges is exactly what I said Miles Bridges would be? which is a guy with no game. Now, I'm not saying he can't make a basket or two. Hell, everybody make a basket in the NBA. But I got my brains beat out last night gambling. Let me tell you what I did yesterday so you understand how bad I was. Trey Young, over 30 and a half, lost. I took the Hornets, lost. Trey Young, I bet him again, lost. The Cubs, lost. The, uh, that's it. It was a horrible day. Awful. Ugh. And I'm going to try to make it up to you. I am. I'm gonna, but for some reason, the app that I'm on has uh, Major League Baseball from like six days ago. It's got Charlotte and the Hornets playing again tonight. So I'm gonna have to refresh this, oh, just a tad. But anyway, baseball is the hardest sport to bet on, in my opinion. There's a 110 game. The 110 game is Tampa Bay against the Atlanta or excuse me, the Oakland Athletics. Then there's a 2-10 game, the White Sox taking on the Mariners. Now, my long bet of the year is the White Sox. The White Sox, to me, I'm hoping anyway that they can go ahead and win a few games, 92 in particular. That's my long bet. Oh, man. That's my – oh, 
That's my long bet of the year. But So, having said that, I'm going to take the White Sox today. The only reason I'm taking the White Sox, and this is exactly how you lose. You lose doing what I'm doing today, okay? Sometimes I think we all talk about how to win in gambling. I want to tell you how you lose in gambling. You win in gambling by only betting things that you know about. You win, and this is what I did in the NCAA tournament. I made no bets that I didn't believe would win. I ended up taking $250 and made $4,100 on it. It was a long process. It wasn't like, I don't know, um, you know, I won. I think I had one bet over $100. But anyway, long story short, I, uh, oh man, we got an adult webcam lady in our YouTube chat. But here's the deal. I, for whatever the reason, get on this show and I decide I've got to make a bet and I don't know why. Today's bet, I'm taking the White Sox. I don't know anything about any of the team. I know the White Sox have a hell of offense. I know the Mariners are okay. And that's all I got. That's it. Bill Martin says, Bill is going to the Cubs-Rockies game tonight. Ryan says, Bill, have a great time. That's from Ryan. (laughs) Jennifer is saying this. Jennifer hopes Bill has fun at the Rockies game. Go Rockies. (laughs) I'm telling you. Oh, man. And now we got all the little hookers on here. Webcam, chat, yeah. You know, uh, Ryan, you guys can delete those if you'd like. Baseball is, is easiest for me personally But in the long run, we're all screwed. So, Spiroglyphus, I want to know, how do you bet baseball? Like, if you take the time to really research it, you got a chance. But I'm, I'm bad. Like, baseball to me is hard because one guy gets one hit late. Look, we all talk about this in the playoffs. Everybody discusses in the playoffs what's the most important thing in the playoff. Timely hitting and a good bullpen. Well, as soft as baseball players are, and we saw it last night once again with Clayton Kershaw, 80 pitches, 13 strikeouts, a perfect game going through seven. He's got to get six more outs. And he couldn't go out there in the eighth, and he looked so happy not to go out there. So bullpen, important. Clutch hit, important. We all talk about it in the baseball playoffs, but it's no different today. It's no different today. None. Zero. Zip. No different. None. It is absolutely the same today at, uh, I call it Comiskey, guaranteed rate field or whatever the hell White Sox Park is. It's the same this afternoon as it is in the playoffs. Get your bullpen because you'll be in it by the fifth or the sixth. Get a timely hit late and you're going to win the game. I try to keep things simple. I try to make things easy on us. Michigan State fans, crawl back in your hole. You got a whole nother year. Go away. You're still coming at me. I don't want to hear from you any longer. I've given you your two minutes. You should have studied harder. You could have got into Michigan. That's all I got for you. That's it. That's all I got. (laughs) 
Hey, Dan, so did Bridges bang your wife? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's Michigan State fan for you, man. That is Michigan State level right there. The level of stupidity is wonderful. The level of vulgar. But we've seen it in other areas at that place, right? Michigan State? Come on. All right. Let's tell you what's happening this weekend. This is my last show of the week. I go Monday through Thursday, and I ain't mad about it. But this week starts the USFL, which means, ladies and gentlemen, this week starts Outkick the Tailgate. I participated in Outkick the Tailgate. I had a great time at Outkick the Tailgate. I've watched Outkick the Tailgate. You're going to like it. It is this Saturday, the 16th, Chad Withrow, Jill Savage, and many, many guests. It is the Washington Generals. No, that's not. That's basketball. The New Jersey Generals against the Birmingham Stallions. You can watch it at 7.30, 7.30 Eastern Time on Fox. If you want tickets, you can go to theusfl.com, get yourself some tickets. It'll be a beautiful night in Birmingham, and watch some foots. I'm going to be watching. I mean, what do I got on Saturday night? I'm actually going to be studying this because I feel like I'm going to need to make a comeback. Unless the White Sox win, my account's getting down in about a hundred. That ain't so good. But so I'm going to be watching. I don't know why you wouldn't be watching. I mean, what the hell? Uh, we've had a great week here. And again, my peeps can't thank you all enough. I got a group of peeps that uh, watch on YouTube and they're awesome. We got to come up with a name for like Jennifer and Sean Van Pasterman, Joe, all these guys are on. Nick Chaplin. We got to come up with a name. Somebody come up with a name. If we come up with a name, I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Elon Musk, hats off to you. Hope you end up getting the deal done with Twitter. I do. I hope Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks get into the playoffs. I think that'd be great. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be great. I hope they do it. I do. They got one more to win. I mean, get in the real playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Miles Bridges, enjoy your day off, or year off. Come back, sign yourself a $173 million contract. Go get them, write some diss tracks. Good for you. Uh, Baker Mayfield, what can I tell you? They signed a guy that led his team to 4-12, and has 22 civil suits, for abusing and being predatory towards women, has 18 more suits, not suits, but 18 more women that he has to go in front of a judge and explain his behavior to, and yet they didn't think you were better than that. I think you're right. I think they disrespected you, or maybe you just suck. Maybe they've just had enough of you. Uh, Anything else here? No, that's good. Kershaw, let's go. What are you doing? We'll be back talking to you on Monday. Thank you, Ryan, for a great week. Thank you, Dylan, for a great week. To all our guests, awesome. To all the people that watch, thank you. Please do me a favor and share it on all your social media accounts. We want to continue to build this thing into the go-to spot for people in the morning for sports. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy yourself. Stay safe. Doc, it's out. Boom.